Well, last Sunday, we started a new series called I Will Give You Rest. And as you may have guessed, it's about rest. That should be exciting news for all of us. It's from Exodus 33, verse 14, where God tells Moses, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Well, over the next six Sundays, we're going to take a deep dive into this biblical concept, into God's gift to us, rest. And intentional rest is more than self-care. It's more than a vacation. It's more than sleeping in. It's God's gift that we're invited to enter. We're invited to enjoy. And our goal with this series is to explore the biblical framework of rest and learn how to practically pursue what we've already been given to enjoy. True rest is given by God and found in God. And I recommend you listen. If you missed last week, listen to the message. It's kind of a... um, kind of sets the tone or kind of establishes like the, the groundwork that we're going to build on. And um, maybe a good place to start today is simply by asking, so what happened last week? Those of you that were with us, if you weren't with us, you can still answer the question. I mean, how did, how did it go? Did you find any pockets, any places of rest? Did you think about rest? Um, Did the survey that we provided, did that challenge you? Were you kind of thinking about that stuff? What about chair time? How many of you were able to like, oh yeah, Pastor Dan encouraged you to take 15 minutes a day and spend it in God's presence. How did that go for you? Was it restful or did it make you restless? You know what? If you didn't think about it at all, that's okay. Next week is a new week. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time and some challenge to start new habits. Well, in my opinion, and this comes from my life, those that I see around me, the reason that we're talking about rest, and, I, and I, when I say rest, often our brains just go to sleep, right? Like, how much sleep are you getting? The, the whole idea, the gift of rest that we've been given from God is so much bigger than that. And in my opinion, in my life, people around me, we either don't get enough rest, and that includes sleep, We either don't get enough because we're driven by, you know, FOMO, we're going to miss out on something, or sometimes we're just unable to find uh, a a way to let down or let go. Often we settle for poor substitutes of rest, or we just ignore our need for it altogether. And true confessions, I'm probably not the best person to guide you in this area. Um, it, It does feel like the blind leading the blind, and if you didn't know that, then you should be scared. Over the years, there's been, there's been a passage in the Bible, and I, yeah, yeah, every few years, it seems to come like I hit this wall, and I'm like, ah, why do I need to learn this again? I guess I didn't learn it the last time. And over the years, there's been a passage in the book of Matthew that's been a huge encouragement to me, especially when I find myself in that place of feeling burned out or feeling um, exhausted, overwhelmed. It's from Jesus. It's found in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. And I'm going to back up from verse 28 and include a few more verses leading into this for our scripture reading this morning. And so I welcome you to sit back, relax, and listen to what the Lord might be saying to you. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. 
All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So what makes you weary? What makes you weary? There's the stuff of everyday life, the things that we have to do, like our jobs, or if you're still going to school, you know, um, school, especially if there's a lot of homework, especially if there's a deadline. I mean, that makes you weary. There's the constant stream of email and text. If I'm speaking for myself, that makes me weary. Uh, For many of us, it's the household stuff that's just always there. The laundry, the grocery shopping, the lawn. You know, those are just kind of the everyday mundane routine things that do make us weary. Then there's stuff like traffic. Amen? What about the 24-hour news cycle? And if I really want to press my luck, Things that make me weary are stuff like presidential elections. Oh, really? Looking at my calendar makes me weary. Then there's the big stuff. I mean, we haven't even gotten to the big stuff. You know, what if you're a business owner and you're being litigated? That'll make you weary. Uh, A chronic health condition that you have, you're suffering from, or someone you love, man, that's wearisome. What about your marriage? Your marriage isn't doing well. Man, that makes you weary. From the mundane to the slightly irritating to the major anxiety-producing things of life, anything that goes on long enough like that can make you weary. Well, the kind of weariness that Jesus speaks about here is a kind of physical, mental exhaustion that goes way beyond simply being tired. In fact, the original Greek term that's used here can also be translated as labor for all of you that labor, all of you that are fatigued. It's what happens when you strive continually after something, when you heavily exert yourself. Um, Incidentally, it's closely related to another Greek word that literally means to take a beating. To take a beating. Ever feel like that? weary. The word burden comes from an interesting place. It's actually kind of a nautical word. It applies, you know, originally it was applied to ships that they would overload, burdened. You imagine a a canoe or a boat or something that's just sitting really low on the water because of the amount of freight that it's carrying. That's the image that we have in mind here. You ever feel like, man, you're just so loaded down with stuff. I mean, you're just kind of wallowing trying not to take on water. That's the idea. Those of you who are weary, who are burdened, and Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. Notice he doesn't say, come to God, and he will give you this promised rest. No, Jesus says quite emphatically, come to me. Frederick Bruner, a New Testament commentator on this passage, he said, you know, 
Jesus places himself as the fully authorized representative of God. In Jesus, God gets a face. In Jesus, God gets a face. For me, the incarnation, God becoming human in the person of Jesus, has always been so meaningful because it makes God personal, accessible, approachable. God isn't just this far-off deity. He isn't just some intellectual idea that he has. No, he has a face in Jesus. Jesus himself understands our human experience. He understands what it means to feel weary, what it means to feel loaded down and burdened. The highs, the lows, he suffered for you and for me when he died on the cross. There's places like this. Jesus makes claims that no ordinary human could make. Come to me? Come to me. I mean, in Exodus, God promises Moses, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And here Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. Come to me all you who, who what? Who are struggling, who are fatigued, who are worn out, burned out. Get away with me, Jesus says in the message version of the Bible, and you will recover your life. You will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a rest. You know, the good news, bad news about all this is that only a certain kind of person is invited to follow Jesus. And that should worry you. Only a certain kind of person is invited to follow Jesus. You know, Jesus um, was pretty hard on a certain group of people. He was really hard on the people who are most like me. The teachers of the law, the scribes, the Pharisees of Jesus' day. In fact, uh, one time he accused them of being hypocrites who tie up heavy, cumbersome loads uh, and put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Earlier in the passage we just read, he praised his Father in heaven because he's hidden these things from wise and learned people and revealed them to little children. You know, often Jesus chided the people who knew a little too much about God. I know scripture. Oh, I'm saved. I know a lot about theology. I'm a moral and respectable person. Now, Jesus warned against knowing about God without knowing God himself. You see, the theme of the Old Testament, the New Testament, is pretty unified. It's that God is a God of the little people, the little ones, over and over and over again. It's not the rich and the powerful. It's not the social elite, the intellectuals who will experience God. It's the lowly. It's the humble. And this is men in both circumstances and also in attitude. Isaiah 57, 15. There's just a few passages that I could include. There are many. For this is what the high and exalted one says. He who lives forever, whose name is holy, I live in a high and holy place, but also with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. Maybe those are words that you need to hear this morning. 
The Apostle Peter quotes Proverbs saying, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. And maybe that accounts for Jesus' really crazy declaration in the Beatitudes where he claims a certain kind of people are blessed. You know, the world tells us the people who are blessed are the ones with the most money, right? They're the celebrities, the influential, the powerful, the, the, the brilliant and decorated. I mean, those are the people that are really blessed. It's obvious, right? And Jesus is like, nope. Blessed are the poor, the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who are meek. Blessed are the ones who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are those who are merciful, who are peacemakers. Even those who are persecuted for my sake. No, those are the people who are blessed. See, Jesus welcomes both the lowly and the people who are weary and weighed down people who are having a rough go, who feel overwhelmed, whose lives don't look quite Instagram perfect. Those are the people Jesus says are blessed. Those are the people invited to follow him, to come to him. And if that describes you, be encouraged. Jesus is talking to you. You know, earlier in the gospel, Matthew describes this scene. He says, when Jesus saw the crowds, his heart went out to them because they were limping and cast down like sheep without a shepherd. The word compassion can mean a lot of things. He had compassion for them. His heart went out to them. Literally, he felt it in his gut when he looked at people who just were suffering under the weight of life. If that describes you, man, you're in good company. Jesus cares for you. He says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. What is that? What does it mean to, to rest? Last week we talked about different aspects of rest. It's much more than sleep. It's way more than a vacation. It's, it's so much bigger than the most popular self-care kind of trend that's happening right now everywhere on social media. Under the framework of biblical rest, it's physical, yes, but it's spiritual and eternal. All of this is included in Jesus' promise. One of the resources that I use to kind of inspire me for this whole series uh, it, it's called I Will Give You Rest. It's put out by She Reads Truth. They, they put out Bible studies. And they kind of had this amazing summary that I want to read for you. In Christ, we're freed to enjoy the physical rest that comes from ceasing our labors and our striving, trusting his ultimate provision. In Christ, we experience spiritual rest, unburdened from attempting to provide security and wholeness for ourselves. In Christ, we can rest securely in eternity because of the hope we have that we will live forever or that we will forever be in God's presence now and after death. Those are the things that we get to experience because of Jesus, because we've been invited into his rest. And so what makes you weary? How can we find this kind of Jesus rest? Earlier this week, I was talking to a friend of mine. 
And uh, he made the observation that the whole biblical or the whole biblical concept and framework of rest is an invitation to stop doing two things. Stop making bricks and stop trying to be God. And here's what he meant by that. In Egypt, when Moses went in, brought the people out, God rescued a whole bunch of slaves. What was their job? They made bricks. Day in, day out, uh, sometimes into the night. I mean, it was oppressive. And God gave them the Ten Commandments, his top ten, and one of those was what? Hey, you get a day off. You get a Sabbath where you can cease your work. You can rest. You don't have to make bricks on that day. You don't have to be productive. You don't have to prove that you, you know, your existence is worth anything by doing anything. No, simply by being, by resting, you're worth The other thing, uh, Adam and Eve in the garden. Okay, the temptation to, to know like God. I mean, the whole idea is that they were trying to be like God. That was the temptation. And after the fall, after they chose poorly, after they sinned, that's our, we're all, we're trying, we just want to be independent, right? Self-sufficiency, that's what we're all after. I don't want to have to depend on anyone else, right? My security is set, it's, I'm in control of every situation. I mean, that is the human condition right there, isn't it? But it's all, it's all a lie. It's all something, it's an illusion that we're chasing after. So God's rest is an invitation to stop making bricks, stop being productive, stop staying at the office late, stop doing all that stuff on the weekend that you think is going to get you ahead or that you think, I mean, I don't know, it just takes on so many different shapes in my life. I, I think about how I, how I have infected my own maladies into my kids, Right? Hey, 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 get the get the best grades. Kids don't listen, okay? Right? Like sometimes I put my expectations, my brick making on them. Oh, you need to participate in this extracurricular, and you need to do this sport, and you need to get a job, and you need to do all this. Well, when in their life, when am I modeling to stop making bricks? And the whole trying to be God thing, I don't even know where to start on that one, right? Is whenever things feel a little bit out of control or, or I, I'm not prepared or I'm not planned or whatever, you slip into overdrive, this anxiety-filled overdrive. God's rest is an invitation to stop making bricks, to stop trying to be God. Jesus invites us to enter this spiritual and eternal reality, but there's also a physical aspect to it. The upcoming weeks, we're going to talk more about the Sabbath and even in our modern digital world, we actually need to stop making bricks, to stop working, to stop being productive, to stop crossing stuff off our to-do list. We need to stop trying to be God and make space for him instead. That's how God has designed life to work best. And so this invitation by Jesus, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You know, that's really only half the story. The other half is this. He says, here, take my yoke. Uh, I've got a picture of a yoke, in case you don't know what one of those looks like. As a kid, when I would read this passage, uh, I would think of this picture. And I would go, 
really? Take my yoke, Jesus? That looks like a lot of work. I'm not sure that I can carry a yoke all by myself. And it's true when you unpack this metaphor. You realize that Jesus is talking about doing something. He's talking about his teachings in the Sermon on the Mount and elsewhere in the Gospel. But what he's saying is that if we follow him, it's a way of carrying life that will give us more rest than the way we've currently been living. Jesus says, take my yoke. Learn from me. That yoke has two spots, doesn't it? Learn from me. Jesus is with us. We couldn't do this on our own. And as we try and live life, as we try and follow the way of Jesus, he helps carry us through those places. But we have to pay attention. We have to listen. We have to be willing to obey. We have to want to follow. That's all of this invitation that Jesus gives to us when he says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Do you want that? Then come to Jesus. Let me share with you in closing the words of Isaiah 40, 28 through 30. Do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the whole earth. He never becomes faint or weary. There is no limit to his understanding. He gives strength to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Youth may become faint and weary, and young people may stumble and fall. But those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not be faint. Please join me in prayer. Lord, it's true. Sometimes, um, man, life feels like you just spread your wings and you're just lifted off the ground. It, it isn't any work at all. It's effortless. I love those times. I wish they lasted longer. And there's times in life where it, it feels like we're just running to stay ahead. We're trying not to get weary, but we just have to keep running. And then there's times, Lord, where it just feels like all we're able to do is put one foot in front of the other. Wherever we might find ourselves this morning, Lord, we pray that we would not fall into this illusion that we're all alone. You are with us. And you've invited us, Lord, to enter your rest. Help us to stop making bricks. Even if that means the, the baby step is just for a couple hours each week. Help us to stop trying to be God. To make us aware of the, the, the times when we're so focused on a result or an outcome that isn't even in our control that we can do nothing about. And so instead of getting scared or fearful, we just double down and work all the, all the harder, Lord. Help us to let that go in trust of you that you've got us, that you 
love us dearly, that you are looking out for us, that you have our best interests in mind. Help us to, help us to believe that, Lord. And we pray, Father, that as we continue on in this series together, as, as we just unpack all of this stuff that we've unwittingly believed or the way that we practice, that you would help us to sense, to smell, to long for the rest that only comes in you. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Well, let me invite Danny and our worship team forward for our closing song together.